today on CityCast Philly. The process of getting into a selective high school has recently changed. The school district launched a lottery admission system. Its goal was to boost enrollment for Black and Latino students, but it's left many open seats at schools, some parents confused, and even faculty and students have protested. So what went wrong? It's Tuesday, April 18th. I'm Trini Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Dale Mezzacapa, senior reporter for Chalkbeat Philadelphia. Dale, remind us what are selective schools, or sometimes people in the city refer to them as magnet schools. Sure. The school district has a tiered system, especially for high schools, but not exclusively. And it has what it's called citywide admission schools. And in the top tier, they have selective admission schools. So these schools have criteria for admission. Mostly that involves test scores, the behavior records, attendance records, and grades. So if students have, I think it's usually for the most selective schools, all A's and B's, maybe one C is allowed in some of them, a test score over a certain percentage cutoff, which has changed and certainly during the pandemic became uh, obsolete or moot. Uh, it was reinstated, however, for this year. And then attendance, I think you have to be, you know, either 90 or 95% attendance and have a clean disciplinary record. So okay. students in those categories can apply to these selective or citywide admission schools. So how were students applying to high schools before this lottery system? Well, before the system, they would apply in a similar way that they did now, but the final decision-making would be up to the schools. They might have a committee, an admissions committee. Sometimes the admissions process would involve interviews, uh, which they cannot do now. Why is that? Is it because too many students? No, I think... Uh, it was deliberate. They wanted to have a population that more closely represented the district's overall enrollment. They also wanted to, in the case of Masterman, for instance, uh, there were certain zip codes in the city, most of them in North Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, and some of the poorest areas of the city in which students hardly ever got into Masterman. They never had students from these zip codes who actually attended. So I think they were looking for students in these zip codes uh, who met the basic qualifications and they wanted to give those students preference. So if they met the basic qualifications and they lived in these zip codes, they would be offered admission uh, even before the lottery for everyone else. So, Dale, you just mentioned Masterman. Some other selective schools are Central, Girls High, Carver Engineering and Science, or some people refer to it as ENS, among other high schools. And what you're saying is that this new process was supposed to level the playing field for Black and Latino students to remove any implicit bias for selecting which students would go to these schools. Yeah. But we found that there's a lot of open seats in these schools now. So why is that? The system kind of went into effect last year, but I think with with the current year, the students who would be freshmen right now, they still were able to interview students. I think that that has changed. So 
from what I hear or from what I was told from interviewing teachers and others who are concerned about this issue is that they they can't really interview students anymore. So if the criteria was you could have one C, um, you know, A's and B's and one C, and there was a student who had two C's but looked good otherwise, they could interview that student and say, could this student, you know, would you be a good fit for this school? Because some of the schools like SLA Bieber and Franklin Learning Center they offer a project-based curriculum. They offer something that's fundamentally different in terms of the educational experience. So they want to find students who might do well um, in these schools, but the the criteria of you know having you know very high test scores might not necessarily be a good indicator of whether a, a student could thrive in that environment. So they would interview students to see whether they could do well and take advantage of what the school has to offer. Apparently, that ability was taken away this year, so they weren't able to do that. So where do all those students go? Well, I guess there's three options. One option is they go to their neighborhood school. The other option is they go to a charter school or a private school. And the other option is that they move out of the city and go to school someplace else. Dale, you know, I just went through this process. I didn't go through the route of a high school student, but I have a fifth grader and his current school only goes up to fifth grade. So we had to look for a middle school. So we went through the lottery process. You know, as a parent, it was pretty easy for me to understand that, okay, we select and apply to five public schools. And we also had to do a separate application to apply to charter and private schools. We, you know, at the end, he actually was ineligible for the public schools that we did apply to, and he was waitlisted for some charter and private schools. So that part was stressful as a parent. What have you heard from other families? You know, I, I think that some people have been saying that the system uh, was meant to bring more equity, but that. I think, as uh, Rebecca Reinhardt put it, randomness is different from equity, and this this process seemed to be somewhat random. And you know, while the problem or the issue of implicit bias—I mean, we're all human beings, right—probably does play a role when you totally try to remove, you know, the individual from making judgments other than what you see on paper, then that creates a whole other set of issues. And one of the set of issues it creates is people not getting through the process at all and there being these vacancies. You know, for instance, another thing that they did was, like there are several schools that have both middle and high school grades. They go for for either the 6th to the 12th grade or the 7th to the 12th grade. And like, for instance, at Carver, if you got in at the 7th grade, you pretty much... You know, <laughs> figured that's where you were yeah. for, for the rest of your school career. Right. But now you had to reapply to go to high school. So because parents are thinking, oh, we have to reapply anyway, they're not applying for the middle school. So the middle school um, uh, uh, application rates for Carver, uh, I'm told, have declined for this year. What's been the district's response from this uh, process? They haven't really released a whole lot of data. Uh, compared to past years, 
and compared to the capacities of the schools, other than, you know, saying that there are, you know, teachers and others are saying that there's more than 700 empty seats that could be assigned to students based on their capacities in the past. Dale, bigger picture here. What is the impact of all of these empty seats? The school district allots teachers based on enrollment or projected enrollment. And so a lot of teachers are being moved around. The schools lose, lose teachers. Got it. Theoretically or technically, there are enough teachers. What happens is if um, you know the, school, the student body is smaller and some teachers leave, uh, what might be lost are some specialty courses. Like, for instance, I talked to a teacher at Franklin Learning Center who said that he offered technology classes and after-school computer clubs and everything. But if he goes back to teaching basic math because there's fewer teachers in the building in general, then a lot of these extras and some advanced courses, uh, they wouldn't have the capacity to offer them anymore. Okay. Another impact is, you know, where are these students going? And there's really not a study of this, you know, I mean, how do you track down people who aren't enrolling as opposed to those who are? So who knows? I mean, it may be resulting in, in more people leaving the city. It may be resulting in higher charter school enrollment, but we don't really know that. And we have to keep after the district and others to try to get a handle on that. Senior reporter for Chalkbeak Philadelphia, Dale Mezzacapa. Thank you so much for breaking this all down for me and joining me on CityCast Philly. Uh, Anytime. Thanks for asking me. We'll continue to follow this story and we'll link to more of Dale's reporting in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. The Philadelphia Eagles and starting quarterback Jalen Hurts agreed to a five-year, $255 million extension deal, making him the highest-paid player in NFL history. According to an ESPN source, Hurts' extension includes a no-trade clause, which is a first in Eagles history. And management at the Fashion District said it's implementing new age restrictions this week. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, young people under the age of 18 must have a parent or supervising adult with them after 2 p.m. when coming to the mall. This comes after large groups of teens met at the mall after school and during spring break. Anyone under 18 who works at the mall will need to show security that they work there. It's time for the tip of the day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. If you're commuting on SEPTA's regional rail, be mindful of some schedule changes due to upgrades happening on Amtrak's Northeast Corridor. So here are some routes that are affected. Chestnut Hill East, Chestnut Hill West, Fox Chase, Glenside, Paoli and Thorndale, Trenton, West Trenton, and Wilmington and Newark lines will be impacted. Wow, that was a mouthful. But go to SEPTA.org to see the updated changes. Hey, if you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, why not tell a friend? Rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.